welcome to There's Power in Your Story podcast, the podcast that integrates faith, health, and wellness, featuring content to help you level up and step into liberation and growth mindsets. I'm your host, Dr. Veronica Hardy, and today we have a very special guest, Chaplain Major Vincent Hardy, also my brother. So I'm glad to have him with us today to share his story about resilience and keeping his eyes focused on Jesus. So could you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I'm your oldest brother. I'm married. My wife and I, Kelly, coming up on 30 years of marriage next month. We have a daughter. She's uh, 27. She's currently attending school and working. I'm also an officer in the Army. I'm a chaplain. I'm past retirement, so I'm looking at retiring here soon, hopefully. I have over 20-something years in the military. Prior service, you know, I served in the Air Force, active duty. I'm a big martial arts fanatic. I've been training in the martial arts for over 36 years. And you keep yourself very busy from everything that I'm hearing and using your life for service. So definitely we appreciate that. Also, we have all transitioned through 2020 into 2021 with the pandemic. And then you basically have a platform you stand on now. You've really been encouraging men to get checked. Mm-hmm. Could you tell your story behind that? Back in like October or so, I just went in for a regular checkup with the urologist. And when I did that, they didn't like some of the test results that were coming back. So then afterwards, they wanted to do a biopsy. They weren't, they just weren't satisfied with some things. So they did a, a biopsy on my prostate. I didn't hear from them for like several weeks. So I figured, hey, must not, uh, everything must be okay. And as soon as I said that, that's when the doc called. So this Lieutenant Colonel, very, very great, very good doctor, Dr. Dr. P, um, very, I mean, she is awesome. So like when she called me up, she said, uh, Major Hardy, she said, uh, I have the results of your biopsy. And I was like, yes, ma'am. She said, and you do have cancer. And that's all I heard. She went into other things and so forth. I, I didn't hear anything else. So that was November that I was diagnosed with cancer. So then uh, my wife and I, we went in and we sat down with her. Um, the main thing that I was concerned with was whether or not it was terminal. And she was like, no, she said, it's not terminal. She said, now your cancer is elevated, meaning that like, okay, with prostate cancer, they don't look at it in stages. They look at it in grades and or levels. So like they look at it from like grade and or level one through five with five being the worst. So she told me that I was at a level four and I was like, wow. So she was like, we can't wait. We have to get in, do the surgery, 
before it starts to spread. Well, she gave me the option, either surgery or radiation before it starts to, to spread throughout my body. So my wife and I talked about it and uh, she informed us that like, if you get the surgery, that's the best option because we can basically get all the cancer. So uh, opted for that. So she knocked out the surgery and she came back and she said, well, we were wrong in our diagnosis. You weren't a level four, you were actually a level five. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah, the cancer was poised to start spreading throughout your body. So we got in there just in time to get all the cancer out. The healing process is gonna take between uh, six months to a year and uh, you know, to get bladder control back and, and so forth and to, the sex drive is going to take about 18 months total. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of things going on. So what I do is I encourage men. So I use social media to encourage men to go get themselves checked. And I utilize my story to let them know because it's a silent killer. Same thing with colon cancer, men that don't, get checked, they put themselves at risk. So I, I use that platform to encourage men to get checked. So like when I was in Virginia a couple of weeks ago with the um, grandmaster of our martial arts system, uh, it was like late one night, probably about midnight. There's a bunch of us sitting there, it's all men. So I shared with all the men my story and some of those men were young. Afterwards, they was like, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to get checked. So all those men started to make their appointments to get checked. The following day, the grandmaster pulled me to the side and just asked me to walk to a store with him. He just stated that he didn't know that I went through all of that stuff. You know, he was like, wow. He, he said, I didn't, I didn't realize that. But he said, looking at you and the way that you train and, and so forth, I wouldn't have known that it was that deep. And the same thing with my instructor's wife. She, she uh, hit me up and she's like, you raised the bar because she said, the only thing that I have as a benchmark is you before cancer. And she said, the looking at you this past weekend, because uh, she was there as well, she said, looking at you and the way that you were moving and so forth, you wouldn't know that you were dealing with a lot of stuff. And I said, well, I just put my mind elsewhere and I just focus on other things. And that's where that resiliency comes in. You just push, push, push. But the one thing that I've learned is also to, to listen to my body and to know when to stop because it's easy to keep pushing yourself, but we also have to take notice of when we need to stop, slow down and take a break. So that's something that I've been, been learning to do here. You know, men tend to think like, oh, I just got to keep pushing, 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 pushing because that's what men do. 
uh, where you can push yourself into a grave. But it's also knowing when to stop so that you can, so that your body and your mind and your, your soul and so forth can, can adjust your emotional state. Everything can just adjust and get into a relaxed, ready state. So it's just listening and knowing what to do afterwards. Yeah, and I'm thankful for your platform. I'm thankful that you are sharing with men because I even see that a lot where there are certain men who will not go to the doctor unless you push them and tell them you need to get this check, that check, et cetera. So in your opinion, where do you think that comes from? The not going to the doctor unless pushed. Well, it, it comes from several different things. It, uh, like if you're looking at demographics, like say African-American males, females, there's a history of a lack of trust for the medical inst- institution because of you know things like the Tuskegee experiment or where uh, black people would go in and see their doctor and the doctor would basically brush over whatever it is they were uh, feeling, experiencing, and and really not assisting them. So you have a lot of folks that just don't trust the medical institution. And others, it's just straight fear. They don't want to know. It's like, okay, I'm okay if I don't know. It, if I don't know, it doesn't exist. People don't want to, to go in and get checked because of that as well. And then if they feel a little pain here, a little pain there, it, they brush it off to the point where they get used to the pain and it basically becomes a part of them. That's that fear. They, they don't want to go in and get checked because they're fearful of what it could be. But again, if they don't know, then it must not exist in their minds. But that is, that is false. We as men, we as people and so forth, we have to get past the fear. We have to get past the systemic racism and, and so forth and get in there and fight and get to and push to take care of our, our health. So we just got to make that effort. Now, I know you've been active since we were kids. You used to break dance, be a part of the <laughs> West Street Rockers. <laughs> oh, there you go. And, and yes, and then you were doing martial arts since we were kids too, and you're still doing that now. So I know you're mm. very active. And earlier you shared some of the effects that resulted from the surgery. Where would you say you're at now with coping or the major changes that may have happened in your life as a result? Well, um, with the things that have transpired here, like with the cancer and so forth, it's caused me to, to slow down a little bit. You know, I can't push as, as hard as I used to, but I have to be smart about how I do it. You know, I have to be efficient I have to be effective. I have to use 
like with Wing Chun, it's like it's not about using a, a lot of brute force. It's about using minimal force to accomplish big things. So I just have to one take my time with stuff and just slow down and not push myself as hard, but but train smartly, just like with anything. Uh, do it smartly. Don't go out there and and um, overdo it. So, like, say Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I do a, a full body dumbbell exercise routine and um, do about maybe six to eight different exercises that focuses on different parts of my body. But I don't throw on mass amounts of weight to, to knock it out. You know, I'll do minimal weight, but I will do it smartly. You know, it, it keeps me moving and it keeps me, you know, engaged, it keeps me strong. You know, so it's, it's all about now uh, doing things in a more smart and efficient way. And I know you're a person of faith. And I know many of our listeners may be thinking, well, I prayed for things before, but this still happened to me. And when I, I talk to you, it's you're a person of faith. You took care of yourself. Your, your wife is a medical professional as well. Yeah. And then the cancer still came and there yeah. are still the effects from it. How did your faith either play a part or did you even have an experience of questioning your faith? No, I didn't, I didn't question my faith. It was like when it hit, I was like, well, I'm either going to see the father sooner than I thought, or he's going to, you know, keep me here longer. Either way, I was, I was good. I already had it resolved within me that I was good. Two deployments to Afghanistan, several close calls while over there. It puts things in a different perspective for you. So like when this hit, uh, it just taught me to just trust God more. And it was, it was funny because my commander, he said, because of all the stuff that I had been through, he was like, they need to do a study on you as far as resiliency. Because he's like, I've never seen someone as resilient as you. He said, half the stuff that you've been through, I would have broken down. And, and I told him, I was like, it's not me that's doing it. It's my faith in God that pushes me through. So it's like, I don't focus on the, the situation. I just keep my focus on God. So if I keep my focus on God, I'm good to go. As soon as I take my focus off God, everything goes haywire. Just like when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter asked permission to, to come out on the water with him and he steps out of the boat and he's walking towards Jesus and then he sees that wave coming. He took his eyes off. He took his eyes off the Lord and he allowed that wave to be bigger then Jesus and he started to sink. According to cancer.org, other than skin cancer, 
Prostate cancer is the most common cancer in American men. The American Cancer Society's estimates for prostate cancer in the United States for 2021 are over 248,000 new cases of prostate cancer and over 34,000 deaths from prostate cancer. And where are you now in your recovery? So I'm like four months into recovery. Uh, that being the case, Doc said because of what I'm doing and so forth, I'm progressing uh, ahead of her projected schedule. And that's the other part that got me because like when I, when I went for my checkup with her, she was like, you're way ahead of what I projected. So she was like, whatever it is that you're doing, keep doing it. You know, she was like, and at that point I was at three months and she's like, you're doing at three months what a person should be doing at six months. And I was like, wow. So she said, whatever it is that you're doing, keep doing it. And basically it was just my faith and just training the martial arts. And as we start drawing to our clothes, what is one thing you really want to leave with our audience before we go? The one thing that I want to leave is I want to reiterate, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because uh, as soon as you take your eyes off him, there'll be nothing but chaos. You know, as like I said, during my time in Afghanistan, I remember being on the phone with my wife and the rockets are flying overhead and crashing or exploding nearby where I was and she's in a panic. But, you know, I kept my eyes on Jesus. I made it back home. And then, you know, my second deployment, same thing, kept my eyes on Jesus, got back home. Whatever troubles I go through, like say with the prostate cancer and so forth, um, kept my eyes on Jesus. I was good to go. There's like little side issues that pop up with the prostate being gone now and, you know, the physical stuff, but I still keep my eyes on Jesus and I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I would encourage everybody to do is just keep your eyes on Jesus. Do that. No matter what's going on around you, you will be at peace. And that's where I want to leave our conversation today about keeping our eyes on Jesus. And to all the men, please get checked. If you would like to learn more information about prostate cancer, please visit the website cancer.org.